Welcome to Belonging, a podcast that explores how to come home to yourself in the age of loneliness. I'm Becca Piastrelli, your host and guide on a journey of courageous reconnection, as we explore topics like ancestral wisdom, cultivating meaningful sisterhood, living with the seasons and cycles of the earth in your body, and what it means to be a good ancestor. Well, hello there. I'm popping into your feed in the midst of my winter's nap, my big hibernation time, to share something with you that is very seasonally relevant to winter and something special I really want to share with you. So my friend, Caitlin Bream, who is also my podcast editor, my business manager, my logistics witch on my retreats, woman of many hats. She has a podcast. It's really good. It's called Roots of Lore. So it's a podcast that explores the roots of fairy tales and folklore and really looks at the messages and morals and the time they were told and to really look at the medicine that they still bring in today. She is passionate about story and about lore. And so she had a really amazing season last year that I highly recommend where she looked at various Um, stories from Charles Perrault. But this season, which has just begun, is all about the folklore of winter, the winter season. So she knows that this is ancestrally a sacred, important time of year. And we have so many strong rituals and stories and celebrations of this time. And so she's digging into what makes this time of year special, like the winter's time, the significance of solstice, the turning of the calendar, the way we view time from one year to the next. And all of those lead to this importance of story because story is how we make meaning of it all. But in our modern society, we've placed story on the back burner and we rush through this deeply important time of year. We just want to like set the goals and get through the holidays and just like, ooh, get to spring, please, please, please. So she's pulling us all in to connect to what really matters rather than the commercialization aspects of things and the hustle that capitalism tries to shove down our throats. She's talking about ancient story that we can weave into modern day. And she interviewed me for it. I was so, so honored to talk about this practice called the Omen Days, which begins today. So this is a little bit of a clip There's a bigger episode where I am featured and other people are featured coming on January 1st. So you'll hear us chat a little bit about winter, the magic of winter, the importance of winter, the hardship of winter ancestrally. I talk about the Omen Days and then I set up for something that I am giving to you, which is a walking meditation to help guide you in your divination work out in nature. That is coming January 1st. So This is a little bit of a taste, so I hope you enjoy my conversation with Caitlin Bream for Roots of Lore. I'm Becca Piastrelli, and I support women in finding a deeply rooted sense of belonging in themselves, in the earth, and in the wild, in their ancestry, and in their communities. Yeah, you do. (laughs) In full disclosure, we also work together. I work with you secrets on your stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It's a joy. Mm -hmm. I I love Roots of Lore so much. I'm very (laughs) honored to be here. Yeah. I love that you're a fan of it. It means a lot to me. 
So good. (laughs) Well, I want to start out. I want to hear from you. What is your relationship to story and Mm -hmm. myth and lore? Oh, the the more my body ages in the linear time construct we've all agreed to, uh, the more important story is to my life. And I'm I really am drawn to ancient story, like creation myth and legends. And it's interesting because I mean, I was like super into Disney and all that, Grimm's fairy tales <laughs> growing up. I mean imagination is so important. And then I had a real suppression of it for a lot of my years because it didn't seem serious Mm -hmm. in, um, you know, capitalist society, but returning to story has, has really given me a deep comfort on my own journey to feel belonging, which is so hard to feel in these times when so many of us are separated from the stories and lands of our people. Story brings us back and the power of imagination, the power of myth. I I could listen to it all day. I could read it all day. It's it's like a deep soothe for my soul. Mm. So how how then does story come to you? Do you do you feel like story comes to you? Do you feel like you seek it out? Is it kind of a mixture? I don't actively seek it out because I'm still in a space where I forget. <laughs> I have the like amnesia of these times where I'm like, nah, 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 there's more important things to do. And then it comes through, whether it's in a podcast or I support folks on Patreon who share a story or in books I'm reading where I it it's sort of like I catch it or it catches me, one or the mm-hmm. other, um, which feels very Martin Shaw-esque where the story just comes into my being. Mm-hmm. And the lessons are there or it takes a while to gestate, but I, it's, it's like enchantment. I really feel enchanted by it. And that's sort of nice, I think, as someone who's so ambitious and linear in my life to have story come through in the unexpected moments. Mm, totally. And to feel it be so relevant, even though it comes from so long ago too, like, oh, right, right. This is bigger than my little life here in this, you know, capitalism world. Yeah. Yeah. The deeper meaning it provides, the sense of timelessness it provides. Uh, It's really, especially for my nervous system in this time of like climate change and, um, Mm. you know, like tough leadership. That's such an interesting way of putting it. But um, (laughs) yeah, just feeling really challenged by the the direction society is going and to to feel the greater thread of story throughout time with humanity feels um, somehow wiser mm-hmm. and fortifies me really to be present to these times and to be the myth maker myself in my days. Mm, yeah. Well, and it feels, I think, personally, and I know this feels this way for you too because we've talked about it, but we're now in this time of recording and when this goes live, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, in the season of winter. And so much of your work is about leaning into the seasons and the cycles of Earth 
and how they're mirrored in our bodies and how we notice the changes in Mm. the world around us. And so I feel like story really works its magic potently in this time. Mm. Um, So I'm wondering if that feels true for you and even beyond story like what what is the medicine of this time what is story telling us but then what is the earth around us telling us yeah in many ways there's more space to receive the stories i mean you can think about it in modern times where we're all craving a bit of a break and the gregorian calendar gives us these you know pockets these holidays these we're you know, time off work or wherever it is, people have more space this Mm -hmm. time. But ancestrally, which is, which is the frame through which, you know, I look at the world in my own journey. I really think back to when our ancestors, uh, no matter where they were around the world, were agrarian and worked with the land in a deeper way. And Winter was a very welcome break from the very hard work, like back-breaking work. I cannot emphasize this enough how much labor goes into the season of autumn that comes right before winter. Mm-hmm. And and the the sort of frenzy, the rush to harvest all the crops, preserve them, cut the wood, make sure everyone is okay before the first frost comes and then the cold, dark winter comes. And all of a sudden, day daylight is, you know, cut by a third and it's cold at night and the frost has come to the crops and it's about survival and it's about rest. And so there's no television, there's no electricity. There was the fire to keep you warm. And there was the space of dream time, whether that's waking or sleeping, where there's just more space, more receptivity to listen to the stories, to tell the stories, to receive the stories. Winter is the great sigh of relief when we can come back to the part of ourselves that dreams and the part of ourselves that receives these deeper messages that are so timeless. I mean, even talking about it, I'm just like, God, oh, winter's great. Winter's yeah. so great because, you know, we do have internet and electricity and nine to five jobs that don't really care about seasons these days. And yet we are still cyclical seasonal beings. Mm-hmm. You know, like our bodies don't evolve as fast as technology and industry does. And so there's a remembrance that feels very strong. I think it swoops right in around in the Northern Hemisphere, October, mm-hmm. that sort of dip in the energy, the, the slant of the sunlight, the crisp in the air, the sensing of the ancestors. And you can just see it in the way we humans, I'm very much centering my Western heritage and where I live really have held on to the celebrations of this time Mm -hmm. of year, have held on to Halloween or Celtic Samhain or All Souls and and just sort of freak out over the winter holidays, whether that's Christmas or not. It's, I believe there is like a seed of remembering the importance of tradition, of story, of Mm -hmm. legend, of myth for this time of year because it provides a deep comfort in the darkest time. Yeah. 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 Oh, and I 
it, it does feel like a, mem- a remembering. And I feel this, I mean, obviously, like you said, this time was a time of, I mean, it was scary too. Like, were we going to survive winter? I don't know. We don't have indoor heating. We only have as much firewood for our fire that we chopped in the fall, you know, and anything that we gather now, it's going to be too wet. So we got to make do with what we have now. But I also imagine this time when, you know, we live in a one room house or dwelling and there's a Mm -hmm. fire in the middle and the days are darker. And so you sleep, but then like it's still dark outside. So you kind of nod on and off around Mm -hmm. this fire in the middle. And maybe at one point someone starts telling a story and you nod off in the middle of the story and you start dreaming. And when you wake up, someone else is telling a story Mm -hmm. and it feels very like, ooh, like I can feel how this time would feel kind of magical in that way of like, what is reality? What isn't, but kind of comforting in a way. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any like historical or concrete (laughs) evidence to base that image on, but I just like feel like, oh yeah, that's what it must be like. just to be kind of in a story cuddle puddle (laughs) (laughs) through the winter. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's the fertile void, Mm -hmm. you know, because there is a part of us that is afraid the sun and spring won't return. Yeah. You know, there's, there's this fear, this sadness that so many of us can still feel in, on, in various ways this time of year of just like, okay, we're going into the like dark womb and all we have is here and now and the stories we tell the stories we hear and that that dreamy space it's very liminal and i think in that space which so many of us resist because scary dark i mean i get it but it's in that space that so much can be born or remembered and that's what i love about particularly celtic but so many traditions of old europe pre-christian europe have this understanding that life or the year or the cycle begins again now, that the cycle begins again now in the dreaming, in the story, before the, before it, beca- it can become a reality, before it beca- can become the tangible tactile seed that is planted in the soil that has thawed out from winter's frost. It begins in that fertile void, that dreamy place where it's nothingness and everythingness all together by the fire. Mm, yes, I love it. And I think, you know, we're we're kind of at this point, I mean, you've named this too, where in our current world, in our, you know, Western Christian-dominated society, we're kind of in this this time when our bodies, maybe whether we know it or not, are like, please just just let me sleep. Just let me rest. And we're like, no, 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 no. I got to finish this work before, you know, holiday break or whatever. And then I have to do all the shopping. And then, oh, my family is visiting and I have to cook for them and I have to do all this stuff. And these things that maybe felt joyful once upon a time, or, you know, it doesn't even have to be around a Christian tradition because there are so many other traditions around this time of year throughout the world. But it was a time of coming together and we've made it feel so hectic. And Mm -hmm. then after that, 
now, the calendar that we live by, the Gregorian calendar, but in ancient traditions, usually there was some sort of newness around this solstice time. Now we've sort of taken this concept and we're like, cool, this is my chance now for control. And I get a fresh start and I get to decide what it is. And sure, that's empowering, but I feel like we kind of push aside all of the dreaming in favor of our future orientedness of, no, this is what I declare is going to happen and I'm going to lose 50 pounds and I'm going to go on this crazy diet and I'm going to be rich overnight and kind of – it's there's something to that because there's something about this time of year that calls for it, but I think we're going about it a different way. And it seems like what you're saying is if you really just pause into this dream time, that's where you can find the answer of what is in store for you, maybe. Yeah. I love the way you put that because it's actually a pretty subtle difference because it's there is that feeling I still have this time of year, which is like visioning, excitement, goal setting. Like I am super into that. And also I can't tell you how many times in January I've hit the ground running and slammed into a wall mm-hmm. and then shamed myself because I wasn't as good as all those other people who were hashtagging goals, you know, wherever. And so – And this is also a time when a lot of people get sick. I can't help but think our bodies, you know, our ancestral bodies are saying, can you please like slow down? It's cold and I need to move slow and I need more rest. And I'm all about those goals, but I'm in the dream space. So I think if there's a way we can reframe this desire to look ahead, if we can think about this winter time as a time of receptivity, of receiving the stories, of receiving the messages from our dreams, waking and sleeping, and then using that momentum when the th- when the ice thaws, proverbial or actual, in the spring to plant the seeds, it actually can flow a lot better with our energy, with our timing, with everything. I think of it as like, inhale, exhale, you know, like receptivity or like, what's the opposite of receptivity? Output. Output. (laughs) (laughs) You all know what I'm saying. So (laughs) if there is a way to inhale now, receive, rest, knowing that the exhale time will come and that all of this dreaming and receiving of story and of messages and of dreaming will serve you when the timing is right to trust that ancestral, cyclical, seasonal, mythical timing, it's actually going to serve your goal setting a lot better. So that's that's something the Western mind, I think, can wrap its head around a little bit better mm-hmm. than just like, nope, sit down and don't <laughs> don't like jump out and like run out of the gate quickly. Like sit down. It's like, no, this is actually serving right. your goals for yourself. Right. And it's not just – I think this is what we fall into the trap of too. It's like, well, if I'm not doing, if I'm not running out and going after this thing, that I'm sitting and doing nothing and I'm just in this blank void. And that's not 
what this is either. It's an, a deeper noticing. Like you are doing, you're 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 opening yourself. You're looking for things rather than trying to output, <laughs> create things, right? Right. So in that vein of not just like sitting in in nothingness and noticing and being receptive, which is a very, very active in a way, if we can just kind of reframe, you introduced me to this concept of the omen days, which mm-hmm. took place around this time. And I feel like this is so perfect to use as kind of a mindset shift and way to tap into this sort of like older practice and older folklore to really kind of reset our relationship with this time. So what are the omen days? Oh yeah. I have to give credit to Karen Ward of Moon Mana based out of Dublin, Ireland for introducing this to me. When I heard about it, it's it's one of those things where you're, the cells in your body are like, oh yes, that is what I want to do. And that sounds quite right. So what's interesting is this is based in like ancient Celtic lore, like pagan earth worshiping pre-Christian lore. But the beautiful thing about humanity is as history has gone through, it's woven its way through Christianity and through traditions. And it's, it's somehow lasted through the, through the time. So it can also be known as 12 tide and it's the 12 days of Christmas, which we all know that song, right? Mm -hmm. The partridge in a pear tree, but the 12 days of Christmas, it starts on day one is on December 26th and it goes all the way to January 7th. And these are called intercalary days. So it's basically days added to the calendar in order to align with the sol- with the solar year. So they're also known as days out of time. And many traditions, like the Mayan calendar has a day out of time. And so this is the Scot this is like the Scottish Welsh Gaelic or Scottish would call it Gaelic way of working with the calendar, the Gregorian calendar but also working with the sun. Mm-hmm. And it's really each day So there are 12 days of Christmas or 12 omen days. And what what do we also have 12 of? We have 12 calendar months. Hmm. And so the idea is using like the Scots Gaelic word is frith, F-R-I-T-H, which is a word for divination with nature. There's also the word augury, A-U-G-U-R-Y which is an omen, which is to um, see something with your eyes and feel some sort of future knowing out of that. And so each day, so if you take December 26th, that is the first omen day, Mm -hmm. and you go out into nature outside and you notice what appears to you and trust your intuition, your inner divination, your meaning maker, whatever and wherever that is, which can be hard for our Western minds, but it's like a muscle. The more you do it, the more you can trust it to let you know how that first month of the year will go. So then December 27th is the second moment day and you go outside in nature and you see something like a bird flying overhead 
and landing on a nest. And what does that mean about February? And then on the third day, you see something, you feel something. It rains that day. It snows that day. What does that tell you about March? And I think this is just such a beautiful way of one, connecting with the natural world the way our ancestors did, because so many of us feel really cooped up this time of year. And two, connecting to story and making our own story, creating our own story that is a way of looking to the year to come, incorporating all the dreaming, all the resting, all the receiving of wisdom and information over this winter time and channeling that, using that to look ahead, knowing your goals, knowing your visions, knowing your dreams. It's such a fun thing to do, particularly because if you're someone who celebrates Christmas and you feel the come down mm-hmm. on the 26th, that so many of us, especially as kids, oh man, day after, yeah. rough. Mm-hmm. It's a way to continue because really Yule tide, Yule, the celebration of the winter solstice, the origin of all of these crazy holidays that make us crazy and also make us happy. It's a season. It's mm-hmm. the season of winter. It's not just one day because we need a season of celebration, of light in the dark, of connection all winter long, don't we? More than ever. So these 12 omen days are way to it. And also it puts less pressure on the resolutions of the first. It's a way to move into January gently and meaningfully. Mm, I love that. And I love how it, it just like forces you into this deeper presence because our brains are trained we've we've all trained our brains if you live in our you know current western society to either be filled with anxiety which is projecting onto the future based on what has happened in the past or worrying which is projecting onto the past and like ruminating on something that has already happened mm-hmm. and there are so few That's not true. There are so many tools for us, but we often don't use the tools available to us that really lock us into this present moment, which is the only moment where we can do anything, which is the only Mm. moment that we're ever actually in. So really being with this practice of noticing, of, of, of going about these omen days and just seeing like, what is this thing? cool, I wonder what that means, but not even, you know, worrying about it or taking it as like a definite, like this is a curse because you saw some roadkill sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that would be an interesting one to work with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, as you were talking about that, I thought of, because it's such a, you're right, it is really hard to look at something and be like, okay, like I see a tree, like great. It's a tree as a tree, but it's like, no, 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 no. This muscle that you have to work, like what is the deeper meaning there? And last year I was with you in California. You have a retreat called Rooted Magic. And um, it was afterward and I was with you and your friend Giovanna Garcia and we were walking around and you were like, oh man, my – my left ear is like it feels clogged, like it feel it, it's like stuck. And you're like, Giovanna, what what does it mean? And she's, a, a, I mean, she's like a natural 
um, works with like food, like does a lot of healing work. Mm -hmm. So you asked her and I was like, oh, like she's looking for, you know, a diagnosis or whatever. And it was so funny because it just shows like how clearly both of you are so deep in this practice, just kind of in your everyday lives. But she turned to you without a beat, without any hint of sarcasm. And she was like, well, let's see, your left ear, that's your receptive side. So what is it that you don't want to hear right now? Hmm. And that was her diagnosis. And I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. wow. Like, sure. Yeah, that's cool. So I think that's kind of the sort of mindset practice to be in for these omen days. It's like, okay, well, what could this mean other than the obvious thing that your eyes are just telling you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if that's something that you don't have a lot of practice or self-trust around, I'd say it's journal it. Like write down every day that you go out during these omen days. And if you don't go out one day, that's okay. Write things down. That's that's the other myth of our time. Myth is not the right word because I really like that. But a falsehood mm-hmm. of our time, which is like you have to know right away and we, we have to move quickly because there's so much more to do. It may be that for each of the omen days, you record what you saw or what you noticed and you sit with them. And it takes, you know, until end of January for you to be like, okay, on the sixth omen day, I saw a woodpecker and I'm seeing now or I'm feeling now that this has to do with opening new doors, mm-hmm. knocking on new doors or something like that to to give it space. I find that it can feel pressureful for some folks to be like, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't always have to know immediately. So it, notice and be curious and record it mm-hmm. is my recommendation there. Yeah. I feel like too this um... – this is a time of year when, you know, ancestrally speaking, it can be a time of rest and coziness, but it's also a fearful time. Like we said, we don't know if yeah. we're going to survive the winter. There are hardships that we have to face. And so I think for so many cultures, especially that lived north in these colder, harsher climates, this time of divination would be, I mean, like, of course it would come up. We'd be looking for signs all around us, like, is there is there a sign that I can get that'll tell me that I'm going to live, literally? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're constantly looking for divination in all sorts of ways. And maybe that's looking outside in nature. Um, you know, I'm sure people divined from tea leaves and coffee grounds. It didn't necessarily yeah. have to be outside. But I've also heard of people doing the same omen days thing and rather than – or maybe – alongside um, finding signs out in the world, finding signs through their dreams. So really, especially paying attention to the dreams in those 12 days. And you are so into dream practices. So do you have any thoughts or tips on working with dreams during these omen days? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so happy you brought that up. I also want to say if any part of your Western mind right now is hearing us and being like, divination sounds kind of wild. Just think about looking at clouds and being like, what does that cloud look like? Yeah. That's divination. Yeah. So it's inherent. It's, It's lasted through the times. It's a part of us. 
particularly when we were children. Um, okay, so dream practices. Yeah. Dreams, we spend a lot of our life dreaming. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, really. And, you know, modern society might have us uh, dismissing it as random synapses or um, expressions of anxiety or stress. And certainly there's there's truth to that. And our ancestors took it a lot more seriously because messages can and do come through our dreams and story. Many of great stories have come through dreams throughout time. Mm-hmm. So the number one thing I tell folks, particularly those that don't dream or only dream during certain times of their cycle or in only times of stress, is the number one thing I say is really clean up your sleep hygiene. So what does that mean? Technology outside of the bedroom or at the very least in airplane mode away from the bed so that it's not distracting you, um, making your bedroom feel sacred, so not having clothes on the bed, tidying the space, uh, making your bedside table feel really good. So it's like if you're always thirsty, having a new glass of water or a candle, like essential oils uh, going, whatever feels good for you because there's no right way to do it. Mm-hmm. But you, if you think right now about your bedroom, like you know where the energy leak is. You know where like, oh, I probably should tidy it up a bit so that it can it's feel like probably a under I, your bed, whatever you're <laughs> storing under there. <laughs> okay. I will just come clean and it's clothes on our dresser mm. where I'm just like too, I'm like, it's too much work to hang it up. Right. No, it's not. The clean clothes pile <laughs> next to oh, the dirty the clothes worst. pile. <laughs> and for you, let's come clean. It's many water glasses. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've cleaned those up though. <laughs> Oh, um, anyways, not to like put you on blast about that, but (laughs) just to normalize it, you know? Um, So yeah, sleep hygiene really, the word hygiene really means like making it feel like energetically clear so you can go to bed with your system feeling like it can fully relax. Um, Then the other thing is, is being able to recall your dreams when you wake up. Uh, Because so many of us lose it really quick, right? You're like, wow, that was a crazy dream. And like two minutes later, wow, I literally don't remember a thing about it. And so I recommend, there are three different ways. The number one recommendation is having a journal, a dream journal next to your bed. And when you wake up, you immediately, immediately write it down as quickly as possible and don't edit yourself. And if you find yourself filling in gaps, don't judge that because we can fill in the dream in our waking stage too. Like trust that intuition, trust that dreaming wisdom within you. And I like to do one side of the journal, the dream recall, and the other side of the journal for notes, like daytime or waking time notes when I come back to the dream later. So some people don't have the patience, ability, it's the middle of the night, they don't want to turn on a light to write on a journal. So the second thing I recommend is a voice memo app on your phone. So this is if you're sleeping with your phone nearby, that it's in airplane mode, and that you just open the voice memo app and just start talking and record your dream that way. 
The third way to do dream recall is to if you if you sleep with a partner in the bedroom to and they're willing is for you to recall verbally your dream to them because when it's spoken or it's moved through you it's more likely to stick and to be recalled and then to be able to when you talk about it to be speaking in first person as if it's happening to you. So, and to begin with, I dream. So it's not like I had this crazy dream and I was walking through the forest and some snake crossed my path to say, I dream that I am walking through a forest and I see a snake crossing my path and I feel curiosity. And the more we recall and honor dreams in this way, the more divination, the more meaning-making, the more the signs really come through as opposed to feeling powerless or confused or even joke that sort of had another crazy dream, ha, 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 but to really take dream space seriously, it's it can be really powerful. One more tip, lots of tips on mm-hmm. dreaming, is before you go to bed to set an intention. And I really like to say it verbally. So if you have a practice of prayer or blessings or intentions or spells or asking your ancestors or whatever, whatever feels right to you, or just speaking to your higher self to say, may I have dreams that provide information, much needed information, or I'm curious, may I have a dream about what's to come for this this goal I have, or I'm feeling so much pain about this experience in my life, may I have a dream to help me work through it. And it's amazing mm-hmm. what can happen with a little bit of intention. Mm, so cool. Thank you for those. You're welcome. I feel like it makes these omen days, just having like a couple different ways you can approach them that much richer. And I will say, and this is true, like especially in terms of asking for dreams, uh, but even asking for anything Um, in the waking world too, it's not, I mean, you can believe it. You can believe that because you ask something happens and I mean, I'm totally cool with that. I'm all about that, but it's also you telling your brain what you want it to notice. And I think that if we sort of go about the world and we're, we just want to be open and we just want all of, you know, I, I just want something like, I just want to see something. I just want a sign, any kind of sign for anything at all, we don't really know what to notice. And so we might miss things. Mm-hmm. So to give us, to give your brain a couple ideas of like, okay, I'm looking for something that I can connect to this. You'll you'll sort of start to see those things in your dreams, but in waking life too. And especially mm-hmm. if you do dream about something a snake crossing your path, you might start seeing, writing it down when you first wake up, you might start seeing snakes throughout your waking time too that will pull you back to, oh, is this connected to my dream somehow? Mm. And yeah, I just think that's a, a way to sort of like deepen into this divination practice of what's to come. How can I deepen myself in the present? How can I notice things more? in this gentle time of year when the world wants me to just go, 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 go. Yeah. I love, I love all of that. Yeah. And I think, I think, so let's say you on December 28th 
had the dream about snakes and you write it down and then you see a snake on January 3rd, like trust the weaving that's coming together. You know, I know a lot of people want to like go to the, um, go to a dream dictionary or Google like snake spirit animal or whatever it is. And I would, I would really caution against doing that because divination work is truly about what resonates for you. The -hmm. dream is sacred to the dreamer. The sign is sacred to the seer. And I mean, that can feel like a challenge and also really fun if you just lift the burden of it Mm -hmm. and take this on as like a really joyful, curious, exciting new thing, new way to look at our lives and at winter and at the rest of the year and trust what comes through. I think it's just, it's such a fun, I think when we bring the fun and curiosity to it, I mean, that's, that's what makes it feel more sacred to me. Yeah. Yeah. Embracing the mystery. Cause I think too, that like, you don't, it can also just be like, you don't need to ever definitively know. You don't need to know what the snake means. Even just noticing there is a snake and, oh, I saw another snake on January 3rd. How interesting. Like that Mm -hmm. in and of itself is just a, a deep practice and like, oh, okay. I'm I'm seeing things around me. I'm noticing things outside of my phone. <laughs> yeah, what does Martin Shaw say about story is just let the story into you and don't rush to to make meaning out of every little part or to find the moral or the thesis. It doesn't that's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is to let it in and notice and see the ways we are all connected to these stories. And so just take the word story and insert like the word sign mm-hmm. and insert the word um, noticing, insert the word omen, just let it in. And maybe, you know, a year later you go, oh, the snake. Yeah. I, I get it now. I, you know, in retrospect, so much can be clearer, but it's, it's a practice. I really invite all of us into to, to take notice and record and speak about it. Speak about it in circles with friends and community with your family about what you are noticing because so many of us are walking around in this world, heads down on a screen, not seeing these things, these signs in the natural world, in our dreams that are just always around. Mm, Beautiful. Well, you uh, have recorded a meditation, a walking meditation for us to help us out in these omen days. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, well, this was your idea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, was going to be yours, but. <laughs> no, I got to give you credit. got to give you credit. Yeah, I've got a really, you know, it's really important to me to credit the lineage of all ideas, uh, which can be a hard thing. So I really want to credit you for this amazing idea, which is we're sharing all of this with you and perhaps you're excited to go out and start noticing for the rest of these omen days. And I thought, well, it can be hard to transition from like, you know, technology, Netflix, you know, like busy inbox life into a space of quiet receptivity. And so this meditation is for you to listen to just as you get putting on your shoes and zipping up your jacket and then going out into the world. And then I sort of set you free 
and then you can take the earbuds out and really go on your journey. So it's really just like a, a gentle setup for you to begin this practice. It's so good. And I, I thought of um, asking you to do that because you, in your work that you do, often provide uh, recorded meditations for the members of your membership community and some of the retreats you hold. So yeah. where can people find more of that, more of you, if they obviously liked what you have to say here? Yeah, you can find me at Becca P. Estrelli on Instagram or .com. And I have a support community called Hearthfire, which is a year-round virtual support community for women who want to do this deeper ancestral work of feeling and finding belonging. And then I also lead retreats to ancestral lands. And we're going to Glastonbury, the land of mythical Arthurian legend of Avalon, mm -hmm. the land of the priestesses um, in southwestern England. And that's happening in April, April 17th through 23rd. So if that is of interest, you can find that on my website, BeccaPiestrelli.com. Cool. Uh, thank you for this. This was so good. I'm so excited to dream and notice on the Omen days and share this with everyone. So thank you so much for sharing this with us. You're so welcome. Thank you for asking me and blessings to everyone during these most auspicious Omen days. All right. If you want to listen to my walking meditation and learn so much more from Caitlin for winter folklore and hear from the historians and the folklorists she speaks to and listen to her tell you stories, which is so incredibly soothing and just wonderful this time of year. You search Roots of Lore wherever you get your podcasts and you can catch up on this season, which recently came out, and listen to the past seasons. January 1st is when the episode with My Walking Meditation comes out. So depending on when you're listening to this in whole time, maybe it's available or you have to wait a few days. So I wish you many blessings this winter or summer if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. I know your time is sacred, and I hope this episode infused some inspiration and meaning into your day. For show notes, links, and references from this episode, you can go to belongingpodcast.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to Belonging on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a moment, leave a review. This helps my little podcast reach more listeners, and I would be ever so grateful.